0: Tonight, we're going to be preaching the second part of a series we started last week called, or the week before, called My BFF. Do you guys remember that? Do you guys enjoy that? My BFF, and we're going to talk about friendship and how to choose the right friends, and not just how to choose the right friend, but how to be the right friend. Hello, somebody. We're responders, aren't we? I said not just how to choose the right friend, but how to be the right friend, Hoss. Isn't that right? That's right, Hoss. And Hoss is a good friend, isn't he, Bruce? He's a good friend. See, Haas, he not only knows how to choose the right friend, but he knows how to be a, a good friend because he's a faithful friend. He sticks closer than a brother. And so you need to know not just how to pick the right friends, but how to be the right friends, because maybe some of the reason you don't have right friends is because you're not a right friend. Wow, I, I said that. Okay, Proverbs nineteen six. It says, many entreat the favor of the nobility. I was thinking about you when I read that, nobility. Many entreat the favor of the nobility. Notice the second part. And every man is a friend to one who gives gifts. That's going to be a key verse for tonight. And every man or woman is a friend to one who gives gifts. Isn't that right? You like a friend who's a giver and not a taker. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Now, let's look over at Proverbs 27. Proverbs 27 and verse 5 and 6. Now, these verses are going to smack everybody upside the face. So, just be prepared for this. Um, And these are going to be some key verses for tonight. Verse 5 says, An open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Verse six, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Open rebuke is better than love, carefully concealed, but notice verse six this is gonna be a key verse. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Can I get amen? Let's look back over at Proverbs nineteen again. Help us now. Everybody say my BFF. My BFF. So Proverbs 19, and we're going to park it in verse six. You know, I was thinking about this is kind of off subject, but Cameron. Last week, when you did that, <clears throat> I just, it just ministered to me. So, whenever in the service you want to, you want to do that again, just feel free. Just anytime you got. You got your freedom today. I just wanted to give you the permission to do that whenever you wanted to because it was just, it was too good. So uh, tonight we're going to be talking about BFFs and uh, some of you call them besties. I don't like that word, but I think that's kind of girly, but it'll work BFFs. How many have BFFs in here? Raise your hand. How many of your BFF is nearby? How many the other person next to you that you raised your hand thinking that they're your BFF didn't raise their hand (laughs) and it's awkward now. So, um, we need to know not just how to make good friends, but how to be the right friends. And I specifically want to talk about, like, uh, we talked about the other week is when I'm talking about my BFF, I'm talking about the closest people to you. Okay. So when, when I'm talking about making these friends and being the right friend, I'm not talking about everybody, you know, uh, you know, goes with my BFF. I'm talking about like the five to 10 people that are the closest to you in your life that are speaking into your life that you're listening to that you're doing life with. That's who I'm talking about. I'm not talking about lost people you're trying to reach. I'm not just talking about people you work with and go to school with, and you're just friends. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the closest people to you in your life, because that will make or break you who's close to you. And uh, I said this last week, but your friends will determine your destiny. You know, an old preacher said, you show me your future. I mean, you show me your friends and I will show you your future. So however your friends are, that's where your future is going. So if your friends are foolish and knuckleheads and going nowhere with, in their life and have no vision, that's where you're going. If you have friends that are blessed and they have vision and they're prosperous and they got their head screwed on straight and they're full of wisdom, that's where you're going. So... You look at your friends and you can see your future, see your destiny. A lot of people don't like to agree with that because they usually have wrong friends. That's why they don't like messages like this. And they want to make excuses to keep their wrong friends. Like, I'm just trying to flirt to convert. And I'm just trying to minister to them because they need me. And you just want to make right friends. Or use excuse. Well, they're funny. You know, they're really, they're funny people. They're good people. They got a good heart. But they're bringing you down. You can love them, but from a distance. Uh, And we talked about this last week about Jesus and his disciples. Jesus, which is God, he came to earth and he chose his friends carefully. And some people would say, well, Jesus loved everyone equally. And yes, he did, but he didn't give everyone equal access into his life. We talked about this last week. Equal love doesn't mean equal access. Because some people don't need to be close to you like that. We talked about even Jesus had Closer people in his close circle that understood him, that encouraged him, that built him up. Because if the Son of God had to make right friends to finish what he was called to do, why do you think you don't have to make right friends? Because Jesus, he had, yeah, he had the multitudes, he had the 500, the 70, he had 12 really close guys to him. But then on top of that, he had three guys that he hung out with more than all the rest of them Peter, James, and John. And notice he had one more, John which was his BFF. And he hung out with John more than the rest of the disciples. And the rest of the disciples sometimes were jealous and didn't like it. But notice, John qualified himself to be able to hang out with Jesus on that level. He qualified himself. So think about that. Are people qualifying to get to hang out in your life? Are people qualifying to be your BFF? Because some people are not, and you're just letting them speak into your life and be your best friend, and they're bringing you down. If people had to qualify to get into Jesus' life and friendship, shouldn't they have to qualify to be with you? Notice, equal love is not equal access. So you can love people. That doesn't mean they have to be your BFF. I got some people that want to be my BFF, and they're not not—they're never going to be my BFF. And I love them, and I will love them from a distance, but you ain't never going to be my best friend again. It ain't going down like that because they're not the right friends. And notice, when you do that to some people, They're going to be mad at you and they're going to say, oh, you think you're better than me. And you just think you're all that. Now, no, I think I'm trying to use some godly wisdom and pick the right friends. And if you want to be right, you could be that friend. So let's think about this in the business world. Huh. (laughs) Before I say this, write this down. Friendship is a partnership. Okay, let's think about this in the business world. Some of you business majors, Haas, you're a business major, right? Okay, realize in the business world, who you partner with as your business partner can make or break your business. And we've seen this in companies all around the world. Some of the most successful companies, they get hooked up with a company that's not right and not doing things right, and both of the companies go bankrupt. Why? Because they partnered with the wrong people. And then we've seen the other thing. We've seen companies that are struggling and they go into partnership with some other company that's, that's successful and prosperous and doing things the right way and both companies prosper. And we've seen this in the business world. Whoever the, the companies or businesses partner with determines how successful the business is. So think about that. If friendship is a partnership, who are you partnering with? Because your friends will either bankrupt you or make you a success based on who you're partnered with. Are you here? Did you go home? It will make or break you just in the, in the same way in, your, in the business world. Who you partner with as a business person will make or break your business. Whether it's successful or goes bankrupt. How much more? This is not a business and not just money. This is your life. So how much more is it important to choose who you're going to partner with in life? This is not just a business, this is not just a job, this is not just money, but this is your life. Who are you partnering with? Because they will bankrupt you or make you a success, who you're partnering with. Sometimes business people know how to choose better friends and better business our partners than we do in the church. And it's sad because they realize just wisdom in general, who I choose to partner with will make or break this company. So who are you partnering with? Because friendship is partnership. So who are you partnering with in life? Because that will make or break your life, whether it's successful or whether it's not successful. Proverbs nineteen six. The second part of this verse. And notice we, we said we're going to read a lot out of Proverbs because Proverbs is the book of wisdom written by Solomon. And how many know we need godly wisdom when it comes to finding right friends? We realize Solomon always didn't take his own advice, but nevertheless, what he wrote down here was good advice. He should have followed it more closely. And it says, every man is a friend to to him who gives gifts. Notice that every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. So the first thing I want to talk about tonight, I got several different points from these different verses, but. You as a friend and the friends around you, are you a giver or are you a taker friend? Be real honest with yourself. Because it talks about a good friend is a friend that gives gives. Are you a giver friend or are you a taker friend? Ask yourself that. If all your friends are always mooching off you constantly, they are not a good friend. Get them out of your life as soon as you can. They're takers. And trust me, I know I've had a a line of moochers in my life before. I've had a big group of taker friends in my life, so I know what I'm talking about. Get those friends out of your life. They can be your friend, but don't let them be your BFF in your close circle. So ask yourself this. If if I'm a good friend, then I'm going to be a giver in this relationship and not a taker all the time. Are you a giver or are you a taker in your friendships? Because some of you are just takers. Some of you are just moochers, and that's a wrong friend to be. And realize eventually that other person is going to get fed up with it. You're not being a true covenant friend because your heart should be, if you're in a real friendship or partnership with somebody, that you're all about what you can give to that person, not all that you can get from that person. You should always be thinking, what can I do to bless this person's life, not what can I take from this person? So think about this, because it's got to get old. After a while, it got old with me. First of all, do, do those kind of friends, taker friends, surround your life? If they do, then you're going to need to remove some people. But second of all, are you that kind of friend? Because a mooch or taker friend is no, no fun to have. Think about this. When you go out to eat, does everybody always pay for your meal? Are you always the one who shows up and you seem to not have your wallet or your debit card with you all the time? Seem to misplace it somehow every meal. Every time we go out, are you always the person who rides with everybody else and you never drive? Do you ever give anybody gas money for driving you around the whole country? Because I've been driving people since I'm 16 years old and I'm 25 years old. And for all the gas money I've spent in mileage on my car, I could have drove around the planet a couple times by now. So ask yourself that. Do you ever even think about paying for somebody else's meal? Do you ever think about giving anybody gas money? Do you ever think about just buying a gift for your friend just for fun? Just for no reason? And not because you're romantically uh, linked to that person? What about just a guy-to-guy friend? You know, last year, I took some brothers up to an IU basketball game, and I paid for it. Why? Because I like these guys, and I'm a good friend, and I don't always want to be taker. I want to be a giver, and that's a good friend. And notice, for no reason other than I just love them, and we're good friends. You don't have to have a special event like a birthday or Christmas to give somebody a gift. You know that. I'm teaching some wisdom on how to be a good friend right now. You want to keep good friends and have good friends? Then you need to be a giver. How about it doesn't always have to do with money. How about your time? Maybe some of you don't have lots of money right this second, but you can at least give your time to that person. When somebody needs you, are you always not available for your friends? That's not a good friend. But then when they need you, you expect them to be there all the time. Quiet in this Methodist church tonight. Ask yourself that. Are you always there for your friends? Because you don't have to just give money. What about you give your time? What about you give encouragement to them? When you talk to your friends, are you always discouraging them from their dreams? Are you always cutting them down? That's not a good friend. That's a taker friend. You should be encouraged. You can give encouragement. That's free. Are you just taking from other people? Don't be a moocher friend. Don't be a taker friend. These are just some good questions to ask yourself. I'm not calling anybody out. But realize... This is the kind of friends you need to look for, and this is the kind of friends you need to be. And notice, I didn't say this is all your people. We know we're we're always going to have moochers. We're always going to have takers. We're always going to have the needy people around us, but those people don't need to be your BFFs. You can keep them around you, but at a distance. Because realize, there's always going to be people around us that need help, that are needy, that don't get it, that have that poverty mentality that, that everybody owes me something and they're, they're never going to get it about being a giver. And you're just going to have to just be a giver and just be sweet. But I'm talking about the closest people to you. Are you a giver or are you a taker friend? And are your friends giver, givers or taker friends? Now let's look over at Proverbs 16. What did you guys get anything so far? You're learning some wisdom from Proverbs about friends how to have the right friends, how to keep the good friends. Proverbs 16, 28. The heart of the righteous studies how to... I don't know if this is the right verse, is it? No, it's not. Okay, Proverbs 16, 28. Let me read this again. A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. Notice this. A perverse man or woman sows strife, and a whisper separates the best of friends. So here's another nugget from Proverbs on what kind of friends you need to be and what kind of friend. Are you a gossip friend? Are the friends around you gossip friends? Because those are not the right friends to have. And notice this: the quickest way to separate friends and break up good friendships is your gossip. And you're a whisper. And that just doesn't mean you're just talking low, in a low tone in somebody's ear. No, you're telling stuff about other people that doesn't need to be told. And how many know we could all admit in here we've all gossiped about other people? Let's let's not act like we haven't. Myself included, we've all said things we shouldn't about other people. So we're going to start afresh and new tonight and realize, are you a gossip friend or are the friends around you gossip friends? Because realize this, if your friends will talk about that way, about other people to you, they are talking the same way about you to others. Did you all hear me? If your friends will just rat on everybody and gossip about everybody to you, they're doing the same thing about you to other people. So watch who you have around you. And notice that's the quickest way to separate friends, and that's not a good friend. You know, the Word of God says a. True friend, it says love covers a multitude of sins. Love doesn't broadcast everybody's sins. Love covers. Love doesn't go, hey, guess what? You know, I just heard so-and-so fell into sin and did this and this and this. I I want you to agree with me in prayer about this. No, because that's the Christian cop out on to gossip about people. I just need your agreement in prayer about Stephen because he's been struggling with these pain medications recently because of his injury at the men's outing. And so, I just, uh, I just need your agreement on his addiction. No. Okay, that's, that's what Christians do to gossip. They say, I just, I'm concerned about so-and-so, and I need to tell you this, even though you can't do anything about it because you're not in a le- level of authority. I didn't mean to go Brother Sean on you, but it's the truth. So, I, I just need to share this prayer request about Cesar Salad with you. And, uh, you know, I, just, I really got some concerns here. You know, that's not going to help anybody. And that is the quickest way to break up good friendships in your life is be a gossip. How many know that you've had friends that are close to you that gossiped about you that you're not friends with today? Raise your hand. You know, we've all had people that talked bad about us that we're not friends with today. Why? Because gossip is the quickest way to separate good friendships. A good friend is not going to gossip about you, but it's going to pray for you and it's going to cover your sins. So realize this. In New Living Translation, it says gossip separates the best of friends. Notice that. Gossip separates the best of friends. And realize if you really have a legitimate issue, talk to somebody who can actually do something about it. Just a word of wisdom here. If you really have a legitimate issue with somebody, don't tell everybody in the youth and young adults in church. Talk to a pastor or somebody else that that can actually do something about it. Don't talk to somebody that can't do anything about it. Because a lot of times that's what we do, tell the truth. We've all done it, including myself. We've all said things we shouldn't about other people to make ourselves look better. Oh, y'all y'all went home to make ourselves look better and to make us get everybody's pity party and make them make us feel better. We've all done that. But that's not the right way to do it. We need to be a friend that prays for our friends and covers our friends, not announces all our friends' mistakes or where they went wrong, but believes the best in them and covers them. And you know, it's funny too, a lot of friendships have ended based on stuff that's not even true. Because I know this, I know of several people that they heard gossip was going around and one friend told something that somebody else said, which was what wasn't true to this person, And the other friend said something to this person that wasn't true. And both people were lying, and these friends broke up for no reason. Both of the people gossiping in these people's ear were lying in the first place, so it wasn't even true. That's how petty and dumb gossip is. Friends will break up over stuff that's not even true because other people will get in there and say, oh, so-and-so's gossiping about you and saying this. And most of the time, it's not even true. That's why I say, if you really think somebody's talking bad about you or gossiping, go to that person and say, is this true? Don't go to everybody else and say, is this true? Because most of the time, it's not even true. And they're like, I never said that a day in my life. It's other people trying to stir up strife. I'm saying some things tonight, aren't I? with some, some wisdom. So if you really think a, a friend of yours or a BFF of yours is talking about, bad about you, talk to that person directly you know, just like I've had to sit down Charles many times and say, Chalessy, I hear there's a lot of rumors and gossip going around the church, sir, that you're starting. Is it true? And Charles always says, no, sir, never, honor. That would be my other brother, known as Weege, who is starting those things. And I was say, like, okay, well, I realize that, you know. There's one honorable one and there's one dishonorable one in the family. So, realize, go to the person, go to the person that's so-called, gossiping or or you think and like I said most of the time it's not true or if it is true you can repair the relationship right there instead of letting it go on and cause strife for no reason alright so if you want to be a good friend and keep good friends don't be a gossip don't talk bad about other people keep it to yourself pray for the person and notice love covers a multitude of sins that's a good friend Proverbs 27 now here's the other side of love Y'all thought you were getting away with the sloppy agape, but y'all didn't know there's another side to love. So if we want to be a good friend and want to keep good friends, love not only covers a multitude of sin, but this thing we're about to talk about here, which is vitally important is love not only covers, love corrects. Y'all didn't want to hear that now because I'm about to get up in your, in your makeup and your business because, yeah, the, wo- the wounds of a faithful friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. And we're going to talk about real friends will cover you, but they will correct you and they will confront you. That's a real friend. And notice a friend that only just covers your sin and never confronts you about it is not a real friend. Yeah, it's true that they need to love you and cover your sin, but I'm going to love you enough to cover it and not tell everybody else, but me and you, we're going to talk. And I'm going to confront you about what's going on in your life. And I'm going to correct what's going on in your life, not because I'm judgmental, not because I'm mean, because I love you and I realize if I don't say anything, that thing that's on you is going to hurt you. Talk about it. So Proverbs 27 Verse 5 and verse 6, it says, An open rebuke, notice this, is better than love carefully concealed. Verse 6, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. There's so much wisdom in these two verses. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And realize, before we go on here, that's why... People don't understand love because they only like the cover side, but they don't like the confront side. That's why when people like Pastor get in the pulpit that are real men of God and say something strong, they say, well, he's just not walking in love. He's just not walking in agape. Okay, where well, you're soft and you're in sin and you're a baby. Because love will not only cover, but it will confront you. Why? Because it really loves you. And realize the person that doesn't confront you, doesn't love you. We're going to talk about that. Because faith are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy, notice, are deceitful. You know, I've shared this example before, but how many of you have ever been at a park or outside when there's been bugs around? Dangerous bugs like mosquitoes and bees and wasps. And those tarantula-like wolf spiders, that ain't right. You know what I'm saying? And you have a bug land on you that's not pleasant. One time I had a centipede land on me. That was very not pleasant. I freaked out. But if you're outside, a bee or mosquito or something like that, and you have a huge bug, and really... We could step it up, and I might talk about this later, but, you know, it could be a little more serious, like a snake. Praying mantis is not dangerous. Uh, A scorpion. You know, something a little more dangerous. But anyways, have you ever been outside, and you've had a friend hit you to get a bug off you? Ever had that happen? Or or slap you because they, they thought they saw a mosquito, a bee, a uh, tarantula, whatever, a snake wrapped around your neck, and they hit you to get that off of you. And hopefully, they slap the bug and not you. I mean, no, most of the time, they slap you, they push that that, like, they smash the bug into your skin, which, like, makes the stinger go in deeper and hurts more painfully. But why is the reason... They Do they hit you? Well, hopefully it's not because they're just a mean person and they just wanted to make an excuse to beat you because I've seen people that said, hey, there's a bug on you and just slug somebody and there was no bug around. There was nothing dangerous near them, but they wanted to slap somebody. So they said, hey, there's a bug. Hey, I got you. No. Majority of the time when a friend slaps you, hits you, whatever, kicks you, hits you with a baseball bat, whatever, for the sake of getting a bug, insect, reptile, amphibian creature off of you, why do they do that? Do they do that because they don't like you, or do they do that because they love you and are trying to save your life? Why do they hit you? They're, they're trying to save your life. Sometimes it hurts worse than the bug. It depends on what the bug is. But no joke, I've seen somebody, you know those, those wolf-looking spiders, things that are huge, I've seen somebody run at somebody with a metal baseball bat that had one of those on it, but no. Okay. Let me, let me rephrase that. Okay. The person had one of those wolf nasty spiders like on their leg and somebody took a swing at them with a metal baseball bat to get that bug. (laughs) That's some passion. Yes, I got it. That's some passion, but okay. It it didn't break their leg, but it almost did. (laughs) But notice, why would they do that? Because they're trying to save that person's life. They're trying to remove something that's dangerous, correct? So that's the reason they hit you, they hurt you. And notice, they realize the temporary hurt of you hitting them is going to be a lot less than that bug biting you. Or something poisonous biting you. I'm, I'm saying a thing tonight. And notice that's the same thing with friendships. The reason true friends love you and correct you because they realize that pain of you cor- getting corrected is a lot better than the pain of your sin that you're involved in. And they realize if I don't say something, this sin is going to bite them and it's going to hurt a lot worse than me correcting them temporarily. And notice it's not fun, it's not pleasant to get hit, is it? It's not fun. But notice, it produces in our life. You know, in Hebrews it says, The chastising of the Lord is not pleasant at the moment. Or the correction of God is not pleasant at the moment, is it? It's not fun when you get corrected, but notice, it produces peace in your life. If you yield to correction, it will p- produce peace in your life. But notice, it says, it's not fun when it's happening. It's painful, but realize, the pain of correction is a lot better... Than the pain of that sin biting you. I don't want to. I mean, I don't want to say this, but it's the truth. A lot of us in here, we like kissers, don't we? We like kisser friends, not correcting friends, don't we? That's the kind of friends we we make. Kisser friends, not correcting friends, because it's it's more fun to be around them. They'll kiss you no matter what. They'll kiss you when you're dating the wrong person. They'll kiss you when you're in sin. They'll kiss you when you're out drinking at the clubs. They'll kiss you when you're hanging out with the wrong people. They'll kiss you when you're talking the wrong way. They'll kiss you no matter what. Those are the wrong people to hang around, but notice those are the people we like to keep around us. And notice a lot of times God will send good good godly friends in our life that are there to correct us, but we kick them out because it's not comfortable, is it? It's a little painful to have a true friend that's not going to kiss your butt all the time. Hello, somebody. Notice this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Or a faithful friend will wound you. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And how many know the friends that you have on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are not your real friends? Can I talk about it? The friend that always likes all your pictures, comments on all your stuff, they're not your friends. They're a kisser. I mean, no, some of you got like a 1,000 friends, 600 friends. You don't know half of those people. Can we talk about it? Okay, we're not talking about your friends on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, because those ain't your real friends. We're talking about the closest people to you. Why? Because all those people on there, they would just kiss you day and night, whatever you do, tell you how good you look when you don't look good on there. They will tell you anything you want, want to hear. But realize this, don't we all like to have kissers around us? Can I get amen? That's the truth. We don't like people that are going to be honest and tell us the truth about ourselves. Why? Because it's uncomfortable. Just like when a friend hits, hits a bug off you, it's uncomfortable. It hurts, but they're trying to save your life. I've had several friends that I have been that friend to, and notice they'd rather be around kisser friends than correcting friends. So I'm going to go around friends that just kiss my butt every time I get into sin and just wrecking my life like, like they are and are losers just like they are. So I'm going to hang around with you because I feel better about myself. Y'all went home. Y'all went home. Okay. Notice, if you're the smartest friend or you're the smartest person in the group of friends you have, then you need to get some better friends. If you're the most successful person in your group of friends, then you need to get some better friends. That's why we need to hang out with Cesar South more, because you know he's smarter than the rest of us. And we know every time mom has mentioned time travel, you look at Cesar. He's on it. You saw him, didn't you? He was writing down a time machine the other day. Him and Paul Jansen together, we saw it. That's why we need to keep him around more often. Let's look at Psalms Psalms 141. You guys get anything tonight so far? So realize this. You don't need just kissy friends, huggy bear friends. You need some correcting friends. Before I read this verse, let me give you two, two little baby nuggets of wisdom. What? Psalm 141. Two little nuggets of wisdom t- to go along with this correcting, friends, because some of you are running wild with the, this correction thing, and you're like, this is just what I needed, because I've been wanting to correct people for a long time. <laughs> Realize, you don't have the right to correct your friends if you don't encourage them like ten times more than you ever correct them. Okay? Okay? If all the time you talk to them is to tell them what they're doing wrong and correct them, I'm not, I'm not even talking to you. You don't have a right to correct them. Okay, the, the amount of time that I'm correcting people compared to just hanging out with people and encouraging people is very small. But notice it's still there. It needs to be there because there's time you need to talk real talk with some friends. Also this, let me add a little nugget of wisdom. You need to see if you have a relationship with that person that's able to handle correction. Or it's bye-bye friendship for you guys. Okay? So realize, before you correct somebody, realize, is this person going to be able to handle this? Do I have that kind of relationship with that person? Because there's some people that come to Corey I would not say anything to correctively, personally. Why? Because I don't have that relationship with them. Okay? Okay? But AMC, I'd say whatever the heck I want to say, all right? But there's some people, realize, you know, like new people, visitors, and then there's some other people I'm not as close to. I'm not going to correct you because I don't have that friendship level with you. But there's some of you, I will not keep my mouth shut for anything because we do have that friendship level. That's right. And you need to realize who are those people and who are, who are not those people. Because if you don't realize that, you're going to see yourself with no friends very soon. Trying to correct people you don't have a relationship with. And as a wise youth minister once said, correction without relationship equals rebellion. Talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. Correction without relationship equals rebellion. (laughs) The devil is a liar. Notice this in Psalms 141. I'm just, these are just a little, some little extra side nuggets. Psalm, oh, you say chicken nuggets? Okay, go ahead. Psalm 141 and verse five. Notice this. It says, let the righteous strike me. It shall be a kindness. And let him rebuke me. Notice it shall be an excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. Are you hearing me? Let the righteous smite me. What are we talking about hitting people tonight? I realize that. The wounds of a faithful friend. Notice he's not talking about physically hitting somebody, but correcting somebody. The righteous person correcting you. Notice it says, let it be a kindness. Notice, let them rebuke me. It shall be an excellent oil. Or we know oil stands for the anointing. Notice when you yield to correction in your life from people that are over you, and not just that, from friends, the anointing gets stronger in your life. God blesses you. And notice it says, let my, not my head refuse it. Why does He say, let not my head refuse it? Because our natural response when somebody corrects us is to refuse it and get mad and get pouty and make excuses why they are wrong. And, you know, don't correct me. You don't know me. No. Isn't our natural response to refuse it and rebuttal it when it's coming from our friends. But notice Let my head not refuse it. Why? Because when you yield to correction or rebuke from somebody who's righteous or who's a good friend, the anointing will get stronger on your life. Oh, I got a little response from the back. So realize this. We all don't like a kiss-up in class. Then why do we keep them as friends? You don't like the person who always kisses up to the teacher and always reminds the teacher of all the assignments. Why is everybody looking at Haas over here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're just encouraging him. Okay. Well, how many know you got those friends that everybody almost got away with the an assignment, and then they say like five minutes before the... Teacher, I did the assignment. Can I put it on your desk? And you're just like, wow, I hate that person right now. So why... Why do we have kissy friends and not correcting friends? Because it's, it's more fun to have those people that are always telling us how wonderful, wonderful we are and not really telling us the truth. Kind of like American Idol. Because you, you realize in the very beginning when they're, when they're first um, auditioning people, all the people that get on there and say that they can sing. And they say, well, who told you you can sing? Well, my whole family told, told me I could sing, and all my friends said I have an awesome voice. And then they sing. They've been kissed on for a while. <laughs> why? Because that is not the truth. They've been having too many kissy friends, and now they're going to embarrass themselves in front of the entire tire country by their singing voice. And notice why, why, why is that, that way so much is because majority of people are just kissy friends. They'll just tell you whatever because they just want to keep friends. They want to have friends. They never want to get into any confrontation with anybody because it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Wow. (laughs) Saying a thing tonight. So realize this. Faithful or constant are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Friends that are going to last are going to be friends that will wound you from time to time because you need it. Friends that won't last are people that will kiss you no matter what, no matter what you're doing, no matter what you look like, no matter what you say. They'll tell you, oh, you're fine. You're wonderful. Oh, that person that's not right in your life, oh, they're great. They're awesome. They remind me of the guy from The Notebook. I really like him. When he's not right, and you know The Notebook's not right, so, <laughs> talk about it. you know Walk to Remember ain't right either. Oh no, I'm joking. I'm joking. It's it's a sober movie. It's a sober movie. I know. I know. I'm joking. I'm joking. For all you ladies, you love The Notebook and Walk to Remember. Walk to Remember is just sad though. It's it's sober. It's sober. All right, let's get back. Let's get back on track here. So realize this. The friends that confront you are your real friends, and the, re- the friends that kiss you are really not your friends, but they're really your enemies, and you don't realize that. The older you get, the less kissers, w- <laughs> let me say that right, the less you will appreciate kissers in your life, and the more you will appreciate friends that tell you the truth whether you like it or not. Let's look over at John 15. Everybody good? Everybody been getting something tonight? Talking about my BFF. Wisdom from Proverbs about good friends. So we realize, first of all, a good friend's got to be a giver, not a taker. A good friend's got to be somebody who doesn't gossip. And good friends are going to be friends that not just cover your sin, but confront your sin. And notice, not good friends are are friends that kiss you and tell you that everything's okay when it's not okay. Those are friends you don't need around you. You need friends that will talk real talk with you, confront you, love you. And notice, they will do it in a loving way, speaking the truth in love. Not going just ridiculously hard at the person and like, I'm going to excommunicate you from the church. No, in a loving way, but in a strong way, in a firm way. And like I said, that's why people, you know, have problems with pastors like ours, because they confront people from the pulpit. And people say, well, that's not love, but it is love. Why? Because it says your enemy is the person who tells you everything's okay, but your real friend's the one that's going to confront you and tell you that, hey, this is not right. Why? Because it's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt you. (laughs) John 15. Verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. Notice that was Jesus speaking in red, talking about friendship. He says, greater love has no, no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. So lastly, are you a person... Are you a friend or friends around you that will do anything to lay down your life for another friend? I'm not talking about physically dying on the cross or throwing yourself across in front of the train tracks at your friend. That's a serious friend. That's a loving friend. Or taking a bullet for, for, for uh, you. But really, I have a friend still today <laughs> that's, that's not really that close to me anymore. But he still says he will take a bullet for me covenant. And I want to say where am I going to be where they're going to be shooting bullets at me unless I'm hanging out with you in the hood. Correct. So I'm not going. So, but I want to say if if somebody's shooting at me, then I need to get some new friends and I need to get into a better part of town, don't I? But he says, I will take a bullet for, for you no matter what. I'm like, I mean, I can't say the same about you, but thank you. I appreciate that. You're going to jump in front of a bullet for me, but appreciate that. But are you willing to lay down your life for your friends? Those are real friends. What about are you willing to lay down your finances for them if they get in a rough spot? Are you willing to lay down your time, your energy, your love? Are you willing to, to uh, sometimes be second place or the second man or woman to promote them? Instead of being, I always got to be first, let me be the David, you be the Jonathan, be my armor bearer. How about you be an armor bearer for somebody else? Because everybody wants to be a David, but nobody wants to be a Jonathan. My, you know, you know where I'm going on this. I ain't going to talk about Knit Together tonight, but I'm just going to mention it. I mean, know David and Jonathan had a good friendship, but notice everybody says, "I want to be David. I want to be the king. I want everybody to serve me," but they don't want to be the Jonathan that plays second place for somebody else and promotes somebody else. How many know? Sometimes you need to do that for your friend because that's a good friend. Sometimes you need to be the person who says, "No, I'm going to take a back seat. You go ahead of me." That's a good friend, and notice. If you will do that for somebody else, somebody else will do that for you. Maybe some of us are not being promoted because we're not trying to promote anybody else. We're just trying to promote ourselves. Talk about it. Are you that kind of friend? Are you just let me be King David? Let me eat the food in the palace and just have the anointing oil on me and just, I don't want to be a Jonathan. I don't want to serve anybody. Are you willing to lay down your life for your friends? You know, Jesus, he's our example, and his spirit lives on the inside of us. So we have the ability to be this kind of friend. And notice, Jesus says here, greater love has no man than this to lay down his life for his his friends. And notice in verse 14, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. And he goes down here and he talks about his disciples being his friends. And we realize Jesus... He took this to the ultimate level of laying down his life for his friends by dying on the cross for all of us. And he's not asking you to die for your friends, but you do need to lay down your life for your friends because that is a true friend, a good friend. Are, are you ever laying down your life for somebody else? Think about that. Be honest. Don't have to answer right now. Because some of you that think that you really do, you're really not. Because how many know we always think better of ourselves than we really are? A lot of times we think we're a lot better friend, doing a lot better sometimes than we actually are as a friend. So we really need to analyze this, not to to beat ourselves up or to condemn ourselves, but to just really try to be those good friends that other people want, to be the friend that we want to have.